Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to another Presence of Paradise episode. So, let's get started. This is a beautiful one when the nur of Iman enters the heart. So this is narrated by Sheikh Yunus. I want to relate to an incident which occurred in Paris. Adha'i, which is an inviter to Allah, came to me in the Islamic center of Dawah activities of Paris along with a friend of his. He had encouraged his friend and brought him along to the Dawah, to the Dawah place. So they don't want to reveal any real names and identities, so they called the person Habib. So... Habib came to me and said, My brother, this is Zaid, my neighbor, and has spoken to him so many times in the past, but he never agreed to join me until today. Today Allah brought him here, and his situation is very unique. Firstly, for the last 17 years, since the time he moved to Paris, he's not performed a single prayer. Secondly, he has two restaurants where he sells both wine and pork. He, too, drinks alcohol and consumes pork. Thirdly, he's married to a woman. Her name is Fatima, but she's Christian. She got this name during the era of the Muslim conquest, where the Muslims conquered different land, lands and the name was passed around. Fourthly, he has three children. His eldest son was named Jamal. He later changed his name to Jimmy. Okay? He really did that. So let's go. In short, he not performed a single salah for so many years. His income and food was haram. His wife was a non-Muslim, who he had never encouraged towards Islam. He himself is not a practicing Muslim. So how could he encourage her to embrace Islam? Habib said, Today I managed to convince him to join me. I have brought him here. Sincerely make dua for him that Allah save him from this situation. I said to them, Today I'll be delivering the lecture after Asr. You should both stay here. When I quoted verses of the Quran and the Hadith, and the hadith I noticed that both Habib and Zayd were crying. After the lecture, brothers were asked to express their intentions. Who's ready to go out for four months, 40 days, or at least three days in the path of Allah? Zaid stood up and said that he's ready for three days. Habib was overjoyed. Zaid went out for three days. When he returned, he broke down crying in front of us. We made him sit down and asked him to tell us how he benefited for those three days. He cried and he made everyone present their cry. He said, my brothers, this was my previous life. I neglected prayer. I was earning haram. I consumed pork and wine. My wife is a non-Muslim. My children are lost. My brothers, by Allah, I promise Allah. And then I promise you that from today, I will never miss a prayer. I will put a stop to haram earnings and I'll invite my wife to Islam and I'll teach my children the Quran. Two days later, he came to me very sad and depressed. I asked him, what's the problem, Zaid? He replied, my marriage with my wife is on the brink of a divorce. I asked, but why? He replied, I invited her to Islam. I asked, how did you invite her? He said, I told her, you have a choice. Either you become Muslim or else we divorce. I ask you, is this dawah, the invitation to Islam, any beneficial? Does this man distance his wife from Islam or did he bring her closer? I said to him, Zayd, our Nabi, peace be upon him, taught us, give glad tidings and do not behave in such a manner which creates dislike and hatred in people's hearts for Islam. Make things easy and do not make things complicated and difficult. After you returned home from the path of Allah, you should have helped her with her work in the kitchen, should have bought her a gift, and after a few days, she would have noticed the change in you and tried to understand why. Then she would have softened up and entered into Islam. If you try to feed a piece of meat to a little child who does not yet have teeth and you force the meat down the child's throat, what will happen to the child? The child will choke and die. There's a procedure which, which has to be followed. You'll have to take things easy and work with wisdom. He said, my wife has packed her bags and she's about to leave. The government will take custody of my children and I will be alone. Please speak to her. I said, phone her and tell her not to leave. I'm coming with you. She consented and waited for me. I took some dates from Medina along with me a gift. When we got into the car, I said, Zaid, there are two actions. If we do them, Allah will send down his hadaya, his guidance, before we even expect 
The first is to give da'wah with wisdom, and the second is to make du'a with feelings of mercy and compassion. We are going there. I will speak. You don't say a word. Now let us make du'a. We did so. He cried, and he also made also made me cry with him. When we reached Fatima, the Christian, his wife opened the door. She was obviously not covered and veiled in hijab, but I had my hijab ready. And what is the hijab of a man to control his gaze by lowering it from haram? Period. Period. That's on period. You see that? Mashallah. I'm sorry. Let me focus. I'm sorry. I gotta stop with the side commentary. So I turned my face to her husband while she stood nearby. And now remember that when we want to encourage someone towards the theme, we should not immediately start off on a tangent. It's important to start off on a light note. And then from here, we will see how to turn our discussion to the dean. I said, Sister, your husband has already told me the good qualities. He hadn't told me anything about her good qualities. I spoke a white lie to her. However, it is permissible to speak a lie to reconcile between two people as mentioned in the authentic hadith. May Allah forgive me, but I spoke a lot of lies on that day. I enumerated a whole lot of good qualities. Then I said, There's something else which is good which I have to tell you. She asked, What is that? I said, This is a gift for you. I gave it to her while my head was turned the other way because she was dressed inappropriately. My sister, do you know where this gift came from? These are dates which have been which have come from the Medina, the city where in the grave of the Nabi, our master Muhammad peace be upon him, was Nabi of Islam. And did you know that his daughter's name was Fatima, just like you just like your name? She was very surprised and fascinated. And when I spoke to her in this manner and presented the gift to her, her heart was open and now she became interested. I asked, Can we speak to you now? She replied, Of course. I spoke to her half an hour about Islam and about the Prophet, peace be upon him. I explained to her all the previous messengers, peace be upon him, had foretold the coming of the Prophet, Muhammad, peace be upon him. Basically, this is the exciting part. Okay. After one hour, she said, Enough. I'm ready to embrace Islam. This incident occurred before my very eyes, my brothers. She asked me what she should do. I advised her to first take a bath. She climbed up her stairs to go to the bathroom and she took a bath. I'll never forget that day. When she came back the down when she came back downstairs, her body was covered from head to toe. I did not tell her anything about covering herself. Besides her face and hands, everything was covered. She came to us and announced the Shahada. And her husband began walking around the house crying in joy, praising Allah and how he saved the mother of his children from destruction. And the family was saved, and there was now no question of separation. The wife was crying. The children who were in the garden came inside. They were surprised when they saw their mom dressing the way that she was. And she told them, my children, Islam has entered our home today. The husband, wife, and children cried for a very long time. The time of Asr entered. I decided to call out the Azan and disperse Shaitan, who were residing here for a period of 17 years, in which not a single prayer was performed. Shaitan fled the house when he heard the azan, we omit wudu, and performed the prayer. After Salah Fatima, a new Muslim who had just embraced Islam, said to me, Please check our house. If there's anything un-Islamic in our house, please inform us. We'll remove it immediately. We don't want anything in our house if Islam is unhappy with it. If Islam approves of it, we'll keep it. And if Islam disapproves of it, we'll get rid of it. And if you think about it, she just embraced Islam an hour ago. Look at the nur and the spirit spiritual light of her iman which had spread through her heart already the husband who had closed down his haram restaurant for the last three days and had stopped selling pork and alcohol said to her you should perform the hajj every night and make dua as du'as are accepted at night make dua that allah grants me halal sustenance her reply was a shocking one 
I'm ashamed to ask Allah in my dua for these despicable worldly items. Must I pollute my dua by asking for dunya? Don't ask for the world, it will come by itself. This was the reply of a new Muslimah. I was sitting in the dawah center sometime later when I received a call. I picked up the phone and greeted. The person on their side asked for Yunus. I said that I was the person the caller seemed to be looking for. Remember, this was the person at the very beginning that said narrating the whole story. Um, just to explain, because I know that that was a minute ago when I explained that. But anyway, sorry, 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 sorry. I said that I was the person the caller seemed to be looking for, and it was the same woman. She said, I want to tell you something, and I don't want you to tell anyone this. I want to tell you because Allah has made you the means for our guidance. Allah alone has guided us, but he made you the means. What I want to tell you is that when the night comes in, I become overjoyed and ecstatic. I'm so happy because mankind is sleeping while I'm standing before my creator. I converse with him, and he converses with me. I experience such ecstasy and pleasure and whispering to my Rabb at night, which I never experienced in any other thing in my life life and that's how that story ends so one of the reasons why i shared this story i feel like the ambition that we see in new muslims is something that should be talked about and i do understand that to a degree lots of new muslims also feel pressured by that ambition but what i wanted to show you guys here is how someone who has just now entered islam is so devotedly in love with it that they're ready to let go of anything and everything that matters to them they've discovered this religion and now they cannot even imagine their life outside of it as compared to some of us who've known this religion of allah for 18 years 17 years 25 years and we still struggle to let go of the bare minimum little things that we shouldn't be doing in the first place now, am I saying this to criticize? Absolutely not. You know, I know that a lot of new Muslims tend to also feel pressured because of these expectations that, you know, they're so ambitious that if they feel like they're not among that mark or that line, they feel like they're not good enough. This is not meant here to, you know, pressurize anyone or make anyone feel less than. But what we should look at is how we should take our Islam and feel like this every day. We should try our best to strive to feel like this every day, to feel this excitement of, oh, okay, Allah doesn't like this, I'll get rid of it. For the sake of Allah, that firm faith that when you get rid of something or you let go of something for Allah, something better always comes and i guarantee you inshallah here you know allah will surely reward them inshallah inshallah in the next life for all the sacrifices and this life that they made but one of the things to remember is that we tend to hold on to very very little things in our life that might be haram that we think are not doing anything and those little things are probably the biggest damage to your life you probably have a very very you know addiction to music and you probably think it's a little thing it's a small thing it doesn't matter it, you know this is not the reason why i'm going through this but you never know what is a small sunnah that you may apply in your life that will change your life or the small sin that comes in your life which you might deem it small but it could be big whatever that's up for discussion um whatever sin that you might do that might be you know throwing water on a lot of the things that you've already done or is causing you to be in a harder situation than you imagine what we tend to undermine sometimes is what comes back for us the most in my opinion i think i think that we all sin right so when you sin you sin okay but then when you start to justify is when it gets very dangerous and i think that sometimes justifying it is what makes it even worse so we should all strive to have such a excitement and such a love for Allah to the degree that we're excited to wake up at night to pray, to talk to Allah when everyone else is asleep. We should have the excitement of trying our best to not keep the dunya in our heart, but instead in our hand. When you keep the dunya in your hand, you let it go and you let it come. You let it go, you let it come. Whatever you got to let go, you 
you let it go whatever comes comes okay alhamdulillah you know but when it's in your heart what happens is every single time you have to let something go you need to seek your heart's permission to let it go and your heart doesn't want to let things go that's just how us human beings are we don't want to let go of things we really don't and so when you place it in your heart it becomes 10 times more difficult for you to release something it takes every single bit of your energy to release it as compared to when you put the dunya in your hand it comes to you it slowly comes flying to you you get what you get you don't get something cool you lose something cool at the end of the day it's in your hand it's in your hand. It doesn't matter that much. But what's, when it's in your heart, that affects the state of your heart, which affects your iman and your mental health and your emotional health. And it's just a long train from there. So inshallah, here you guys like this little episode. I know this one was a little bit smaller. I'm sorry, but I hope you guys liked it. Take care of yourself. Have a great rest of your day. Assalamualaikum.